Okay, hello, hello, this is Lenny D'Angelo. Ah, I am processing uh, some unfortunate, un- unwelcome criticism that I recently received just yesterday. And uh, yesterday it hit me real hard, and I took it real hard, and it kind of ruined my day. To be perfectly honest, it ruined my day. You ever get some situation, uh, comedians and performers call this flap sweat. It's a situation comes to you and it hits you real hard and it, and, it, and it goes to the pit of your stomach and then you get an icy chill but you're also sort of hot and worked up oh that's an unpleasant feeling and then the thing i hate most about it is you ain't see it coming sometimes it just sneaks right up on you and like bam you're in it it's like a flu like all of a sudden i got the chills Well, that's the experience I had yesterday upon reading a review of my course that I had recently taught at a community college. So I have been teaching art, practice, and making to community college students last semester, and I'm scheduled to do it again this semester. If I were not scheduled to be doing it again, I might not take this so hard. I might have been like, ah, oh, that's unfortunate. I, I don't like that. That feels bad. But someday in the future, I will rectify this. Uh, I can't feel that way now because in uh, two short months, I'm going to be doing it again with a whole new group of people. And so this criticism, it sort of shakes me to my core. I was feeling pretty good about where I was going with the class. And then all of a sudden this. So how this works, colleges usually do a survey at the end of every course. I don't know if those of you who remember that from college, perhaps. I don't know if they did that back in, what, who am I talking to? They did do that back in my day, but not in community college. I don't remember ever doing that. Doesn't matter. That's what they do. They give the kids a survey at the end, the students, forgive me, and uh, they do the survey. And the survey has certain questions on it, and they usually about whether or not the, the class was beneficial to them, whether or not they met expectations, etc., etc., whether or not they thought the instructor provided all the information they needed to be successful, all that, that, that. But at the end, it has a place for comments. Now, out of my class of eight, uh, I only got three people who did the survey, three students, but one of them wrote a lot, a lot of long, lengthy a diatribe of criticism about the class. Now, because of the tone of this person's writing and because of the certain situation she refers to, I know who this is. I remember this kid. And she did not have a good time. I will not lie about that. Oh, well, here we go. Urban jungle, everybody. Anyway, she did not have a good time in the class. That is not news to me. I knew that. But I, in my defensive position, was defending myself by being critical of her. Because she wasn't actively participating. She, she checked out a lot. She actually put her headphones on and was pretty disrespectful sometimes. That's neither here nor there. It's okay. Kids these days, you know. But I thought, you know, that's just her, right? She don't want to be doing this. I don't know why she is doing this. Uh, 
Oh, I just cut this guy off. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, it's okay. It was a BMW. Ah. Sorry, dude, but you know, what goes around, you know what I mean? Anyway, this kid did not have a good time, and I know that, and then there were several kids who didn't have a good time, and I took it really personally the whole time. That's five months of being personally uh, hurt that the things I was trying to, to impart, the wisdom, was not uh, registering with these kids. And, it, and you have to blame yourself as the instructor because, well, is it the method? Is it the information? Is it me? What is it and what can I do? I don't like feeling powerless in a situation like that. But I had an agenda and I had it all set up and I, was, I, I made adjustments to it and I did the best I could to think on my feet and be helpful and be, be present and be interesting and, and, and get them involved. But the whole time they, they resisted, it was difficult. And now I'm thinking, well, this this was the one criticism that I got. But that doesn't mean she's the only one who thought that. Shakes me to my core. And it took me at least a day to process my feelings about it. And I'm still processing that. So here I am doing it aloud. One of the things the kid said is that she didn't learn anything the entire time that she's been doing art her whole life and that never before had it been a chore. The hardest thing about taking a class was sitting through it, was doing 16 weeks of difficult life drawing, uninteresting, uninspired life drawing. So a little background information, I made the kids draw from life every time. So we did still lives every time. Now I know what you're thinking, how boring. And I know what, you, I know what I'm thinking, yes it is. But I made them, I, I, I basically started with simple and worked my way up to epic. And doing an epic still life is, is, is nothing boring, is nothing, is not boring. If you're uh, pushing yourself, it's not boring. I, their textures, colors, values, all of them, a huge range of, of scale and dimension and depth. All of those things I pushed in the class. In every class, I try to introduce a topic and, and have them work toward that topic with these epic still lives. And they were big, you know, like I'm talking about, I don't know, 12 to 20 objects of varying scale and a background, a backdrop. And it, on the last few weeks, I was doing three planes right? Three planes, foreground, middle ground, background, with that kind of uh, objects uh, arranged. Now, I understand that's a difficult exercise, and, and it can be tedium, but invaluable. Because if you're never forced to draw a whole environment like that, you sort of don't get good at it. And that was my philosophical approach to the class. I want you to have had this experience of drawing this much stuff and having to manage this much stuff in a composition because honestly beginning art students don't do that they don't push themselves like that you know what they like to do they like to draw themselves or they like to draw their friends or animals from photographs or they like to draw an eyeball it's the truth i mean that's just the way they are and i was too until I was forced to draw very large scale, very involved, very detailed things. 
and it can be unpleasant and frustrating. I understand that, but uh, I thought an invaluable experience, and one that you don't actually take on as an individual unless somebody makes you do it. That's just how it is. It's either a job that you got, or uh, or a story you want to tell, or whatever. As an illustrator, like I can't tell this story without showing the freaking cityscape. Cause I'm a, I want to write a Batman, and I can't show. <laughs> Everything takes place in a dark alley. Cause I don't want to have to draw that much stuff. Look, not everybody's like that, but but most of us are. It's not necessarily laziness, but you understand that uh, investing that much time and effort into some large-scale thing is difficult. And I wanted to give them the tools to be able to do that. So I I was trying to teach them how to uh, uh, rapidly get the basic composition down on a paper without running out of space, rapidly uh, essentialize the shapes, then build up. And this kid resisted the whole time. Now, a lot of the students did not resist. And I think they got a lot better. This kid started out good. She was already good. But she's the kind of kid who loves a blending stump. And you know who you are, those of you who love a blending stump. You don't need a blending stump. You need to learn how to draw. That's my perspective. But I didn't approach this right for this kid. And I failed this kid. And I feel bad about it. I feel bad for her, I feel bad for me. And I feel bad for my boss, who's going to read this review of me and have second thoughts about her confidence in my uh, abilities. I don't know, it really, it hits my confidence real hard. So I have to ask myself the question, is that ego or is that confidence? Because I I already had my own criticisms of how I handled the class, but they didn't go as far as this kid did. This kid said in the end, as a wrap-up, the best way to fix this class is to change the teacher. Jiminy, what do I do with that information, huh? That's hard. That's a hard pill. I feel bad. I feel bad for me as well. I don't believe in my heart that this kid learned nothing unless that kid didn't want to learn anything. I don't believe in my heart that I taught a class. Well, she said that there was nothing in my class to learn because there was nothing in it beyond beginning drawing. And I would take huge umbrage with that and issue with that. There's no way that's true. I never had a beginning drawing class that went into the stuff that we were doing in class. So, but you know how that is. This is the hardest part about being a person and maybe having little confidence. When you receive a criticism, you need to be able to differentiate the stuff that is uh, that person's baggage and the stuff that actually is meaningful to helping you grow. Okay, I can never discern what is someone else's baggage and what is actual feedback that I need to take to heart. So my default is to take it all to heart. And when I do that, it shakes my very core. It, it gives me no no place to stand. Like, I got nothing to build from. Because this kid tore me down all the way. She tore the class down all the way to the foundations. She said the whole thing was a waste of her time and that the teacher should be replaced and all of these things. And that it was torture and a slug and all of that. And that I, I sucked the joy out of, out, out of making art for her. 
jeez, how do you deal with that? Now, of course, this kid brought baggage into the class. Of course she did. But I don't know the difference between what's, what that kid's saying that's on them and what's on me. This is very hard for me from this place, after having seen that criticism, to start anew, to go into the next class refreshed and feeling like, yes, this is going to be better. I don't, because she basically told me I suck. <clears throat> it's tough, man. It's tough. So I got a lot of thinking to do, and I got a lot of work to do over the over the, the, the summer holiday. I don't want to return to this class to a whole group of people who are going to feel that way in the end. So I thought in the beginning, the skill level, by the way, the skill level of this kid is good. It's fine. She's, she's fine. But she needed the lessons I was trying to teach her. And maybe I just failed to teach her. I failed to reach her. Or I failed to do it in a way that is actually... Uh, uh, exciting. I, maybe I did it in an, in an old-fashioned way that I'm used to. Uh, maybe my philo- philosophy needs a little bit of, a, of an overhaul. It's tough to know. That's the problem. It's very tough to know. Oh, God, what do I do? What do I do? Well, more time to process, I think, is what I need. The cheese man criticism's rough. I hate criticism. I always have. <clears throat> I know that criticism is crucial to growth, but you have to have sort of a... You have to have a stability in who you are and what you believe in order to uh, make something of criticism. And this is maybe something that confident people don't understand. When you're receiving criticism... Or, or, I'm sorry, when you're doling out criticism and someone gets defensive and upset, what you don't maybe understand is maybe that was all they had was that one that one thing they wanted to feel good about, and you took that from them, and they don't have anything else. It's not like they get to regroup and go, oh, how would I make that better and have a positive attitude? Not everybody thinks about life like that. Not everybody can can think about life like that. We all have to work on that. But when your confidence is low and somebody says the right thing to push your buttons, no matter what the intent that person had, sometimes it, 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 it shakes you to your core and it, and it, can, it can destroy things. <clears throat> I would have been fine to go into this next class uh, giving, it, giving it a lot more. Uh, I already have my, like I said, I have my, my own ideas about how to make it better. But I didn't consider before that it was terrible. <clears throat> now I don't know. That's very that's very hard. It's a hard pill. More processing, more thinking. I need to talk to my boss about this, perhaps. See what she thinks. God dang it. Humility, dude. It's hard. It's hurtful. I would feel better if this kid, if I could read every review this kid has ever written about other teachers. And maybe there's something in there. Maybe this kid does this. I don't fucking know. <sighs> I don't want to be a terrible teacher. I want to be good at this. I'm trying real hard. God damn it. Every time I try real hard, you know what I mean? I try real hard everything I do and it don't always turn out well. I'd say I got a good 90% failure rate. It's not good. 
and obviously I can't blame that all on other people. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta own some of that. Jesus. Ooh, hot feelings, hot feelings. Uncomfortable. Let that sit in your stomach for a while. <laughs> See if you can digest that shit. All right. Anyways, could be a good day. Huh? Nice. All right. There we go. This is Lenny D'Angelo.